One of the ways that automakers have got to be able to compete these days is to get out of the traditional places they do business and go to where the technological action is. Rajneer is the Group Vice President and Chief Technology Officer at the Ford Motor Company. Due to the vagaries of our scheduling, I had to catch him here at a hotel in downtown San Francisco. But Raj, great talking with you oh, all about this here. new innovation center that you've got in Palo Alto. Why Palo Alto? I mean, I know that's kind of an obvious question, but I want to hear you explain it. Well, we've got so many partners out here, uh, whether it's universities like Stanford or uh, big partners, startups, it's just an amazing place to see different technologies and kind of make those connections into, into new solutions. This lab is going to concentrate on what then? Connected car or does it go beyond that? Beyond that, I mean connected car will be a key part of it, but also autonomous vehicle technology, really getting deep into consumer experience, data analytics, and maybe even different mobility solutions. Oh, different mobility solutions. This sounds intriguing now because Ford to me seems to be one of the most aggressive at pursuing different modes of mobility or experimenting with different mobility services. Can you tell us a little bit more? Yeah, we've got experiments running all over the world on different types of mobility solutions, but we're really going to be focusing a bit more on some different usership models, what could different ownership models be, as well as looking at urban transportation and maybe multimodal solutions to personal mobility in that urban environment. This is very interesting. This is taking the Ford Motor Company clearly away from, historically, what it's been for the last hundred years. Well, I think we've always been a mobility company, um, but we've been providing the, the car, or the truck, or the SUV as that mobility solution. Now we're looking at solutions that could go beyond that, whether it's autonomous vehicles or ride services, a lot of different possibilities in the future. Ford Motor Company has said that autonomous cars will be out in this decade. It will not be one of the first ones to come out with a, an autonomous car. But yet you're talking about experimenting or diving into the research on autonomy. So give us a little bit of Ford's strategy of how it might approach this. Well, first we're uh, focusing on semi-autonomous technologies. And so we're proud to be one of the leaders in offering that in mainstream products. And for the segments that we operate in, we offer the most driver-assist technologies. And our goal for full autonomy is somewhat the same. We want to bring that to the mass market, not just for elite products, but mainstream vehicles offering autonomous technologies, just like Henry Ford did with the automobile 100 years ago, bringing that to the mainstream. Mobility for all. Exactly, right. opening the highways to all mankind. Okay, let's start with connected car, though, because that seems to be the first that we're going to see. What's Ford's strategy for connected car, and when will we see connected cars in Ford showrooms? Well, you're seeing connected cars now, right? So we've got 12 million sync-equipped vehicles out there, the most of, obviously, any connectivity solution. But Sync 3 is our new system. Uh, we'll be showing you Sync 3, and we're really pleased with the team on the improvements that we've made in connectivity in, in the new, next generation. I guess when I talk connectivity, I'm talking about car-to-car, -car, where vehicles can communicate with each other and prevent accidents from happening. Yeah, vehicle-to-vehicle, -vehicle, vehicle infrastructure communication. We're still, still experimenting with that. Um, a lot of different fleets running around. We really need to create as an industry a standard that we can use and broadband frequencies that we can use together. One of the aspects of autonomous vehicles, though, is, is we probably want to make an autonomous vehicle capable of that communication, but not completely rely on it, because it's going to have to be around a lot of vehicles that won't be connected. Not only that, I keep saying, you know, when the earthquake hits, the tsunami hits, when the hurricane hits, and the system goes down, I still want to be able to get in my car and go. 
yeah, there's got to be a lot of onboard capability in any, any vehicle, uh, whether it's autonomous or self-driving. What all are you doing to prioritize how you approach? I mean, you're talking about a lot of different technologies. How do you set your course for, from a priority standpoint as to which ones to go after? Well, I mean, you work through that experimental phase, and um, in some aspects, failure is just as important as far as learning. Um, but for autonomous vehicles, for example, we'll be announcing, we're actually moving that project from pure research into what we call advanced engineering. So that's the second of three phases of bringing technology to production in Ford. So it's a big step to say it's an advanced engineering project now. Oh, yeah. So it's coming out of the labs and going on the streets just about. Absolutely. And we're announcing a new autonomous vehicle director, Randy Vicentainer, is going to be leading a cross-functional team to bring this feature to reality. Well, I can't wait to see all this technology actually end up in the showrooms, and it sounds like we're getting a whole lot closer. It's closer. It's still a big step. Uh, still going to be a focus on semi-autonomous and driver assist technologies coming out. Um, a big step to full autonomy. We as an industry are on that journey, um, but we're very focused on delivering that to our customers. Raj, thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you. Underwriting for the production of Auto Line this week has been provided by... Auto Line is brought to you in part by the commercial vehicle brands of Tenneco. Pioneering global ideas for cleaner air and quieter, smoother, and safer transportation. Ford Warner, developing advanced technologies specifically aimed at reducing emissions, increasing fuel economy, and improving performance. Our award-winning innovations extend from turbocharging and cooling systems to friction materials and diesel cold start technology. Built on a century-long reputation of innovation and reliability, we have the track record that proves our technology can help meet the challenges of the commercial truck and off-highway industry. Deloitte's Automotive Group is at the forefront, driving transformation and tackling complex challenges. Whether you are interested in globalizing operations, optimizing supply chains, mitigating enterprise risk, or driving innovation, Deloitte can help develop solutions that create long-lasting value. To learn more about Deloitte's Automotive Group, visit us online at deloitte.com backslash US backslash automotive. Here is your host, John McElroy. Today's AutoLine This Week is coming to you from the heart of Silicon Valley. I'm standing outside of Ford's Research and Innovation Center in Palo Alto, California. Some of the local neighbors include Tesla, which is over that way, and Google, which is over there. And the reason that Ford has come to Silicon Valley is to do research into telematics, connected car, autonomy, and mobility services. And now, come on inside and let's talk to some of Ford's key executives on what this lab is all about. Inside the lab, Ford's doing some really interesting experiments with bicycles. Eric Wingfield here is a mobility specialist with the Ford Motor Company. And Eric, here I am on this bike. I know you're capturing data on it. Tell me a right. little bit about how you're capturing it, but especially what you're doing with the data. Well, we're capturing it, the, the, we're capturing it in a couple of different ways. There are some really common communication protocols that bicyclists use. And then we've added Bluetooth. 
And what's really great about how we pull all of that together is it's an opportunity to tell a story about how the city lives. And now, also, now explain that a bit. Sure. Because, okay, you're getting my heartbeat and the rate I'm pedaling and the watts I'm generating and the speed I'm going. What do you mean making, uh, capturing how a city lives? Well, when you get, so if we have enough cyclists riding around in a city, we're gathering barometric pressure data, which is a proxy for altitude. Um, there are a couple of instances in which we've added a device that allows you to hit a button and mark something that you've just moved by. Maybe it's a pothole or something else. We're collecting ambient light. So that gives riders the opportunity to share all that information. And with enough sharing and good aggregation through analytics, you can begin to tell a story around different pieces like light at the city at night. Or so, so if I'm driving along and, and now the bike can capture information that, hey, I'm driving in a well-lit area or I'm driving or I'm riding my bike in a dark alley, you can capture that information yeah. and tell people, hey, here's the route to follow where it's well-lit. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And that's one of the, we think that the way bikes have been uh, uh, utilized in the market really serves someone who wants to get the physical experience or the recreational experience or that great workout we think there's another bike segment who's interested in how their city's used, how to commute best, how to select the best route, where to park. And we think that InfoCycle is going to contribute to that in the city framework. I love, here I am riding a bicycle and helping people understand how a city li lives and breathes. Yeah, it's a great thing. Ken Washington, thanks so much for letting AutoLine into your innovation center in Palo Alto. Great to have us here. Oh, it's great to have you here. Welcome, John. And this place has been, what, open about six months or something like that? That's right. We opened it the first of this year in January. And uh, this is a new challenge for the Ford Motor Company, right? Putting something in Silicon Valley? It's a, it's a challenge, but also it's, it's really a great opportunity for us. We couldn't be more excited to be here. You know, we started more than a year ago by opening a small uh, presence in downtown Palo Alto. So really, we really thought of that as a startup. And so the startup was successful, and now we expanded the startup, and we created this facility here. So as you look around this building, it's really more than a building. It's, it's our presence here in Silicon Valley. It's our way of being part of the community. And uh, I think you'll see some things in this facility that, that feel a lot like Silicon Valley because we are here in Silicon Valley. Well, let's go inside. So, Show me around a little bit of what you've got here. But first, let's talk about who all you've got working here now. How, how hard is it to recruit people to work for a traditional industrial car company in the heart of Silicon Valley? Well, first of all, we are absolutely committed to being both a great vehicle company and a mobility company. So the team here is part of our, our global research and innovation team that's part of the multidisciplinary group at Ford that's driving our, our focus on mobility. So the people that work in this facility are primarily working on connectivity technologies. They're part of our autonomous driving research program. They're working on mobility technologies and solutions. It's all part of our focus on what we're calling smart mobility, putting the world uh, on wheels again, and, but in new ways, uh, ways that are going to allow people to be mobile the way they want to be, in a way to give them time back, give them choices, give them options. So the, the people that work here, you know, it's really exciting for us and for them because they're creating a new future. And uh, what, one of the things we've learned in our startup here was that the employees in the Valley, they really want to make a difference. They want to make a difference in the world. You can do that by working here at our Palo Alto Center. I've been to your facilities in Dearborn, Michigan, the traditional place, the, the home of the Ford Motor Company. Yes. 
Doesn't quite look like this. This has definitely got a Silicon Valley look and feel to it. That's very intentional. We really wanted this to be uh, fit into the ecosystem here. But we're learning from how we're doing our, our location here of how we can upgrade and renovate and create uh, exciting spaces where we can collaborate in all of our locations all over the world. It'll be a gradual process, but you know the learnings here we want to take and apply it across our, our entire global footprint. Now you've got Skype down the street, you've got Tesla right around the corner, this is the heart of Google country. <laughs> people poach each other, right? I mean, aren't you in the danger of training a whole bunch of people for all this connectivity, V2V connection and whatnot, the internet of things for cars? How are you going to make sure that you keep them? Well, it's an exciting time to be here in the Valley because, like you said, there's a lot of tech companies that care a lot about technology, but we do too. And uh, so you have choices, right? And so when you have choices, where you work depends on, you know, the, the, the value you can bring to that company and how the company fits in with your, the things that you care about. That, that's why it's really, we're focusing on the work. And we're not too worried about the fact that they're choices because we know that the work we do is exciting, it's fun, you can make a difference in the world, and it's, it's really making it pretty straightforward for us to attract the talent that we need here. We're, we're growing at a, at a pretty uh, impressive clip. Uh, we started with about a dozen people here, and now we're up to almost uh, 60, and we're well on our way to having one of the most significant presence, presences here in Silicon Valley as an auto company and a mobility company. Ken, you've got the facility, you're adding the people. What's your vision? What would you love to see come out of this place? I'd love to see this place uh, fill up to capacity so that we're really active in developing our, our mobility solutions and our, our vision around the, the future of mobility. Uh, we're well on our way. We're developing technologies that are transitioning from experiment into the initial phases of implementation. And the team here has partnered with our team in Dearborn and our team in Germany, Aachen, Germany. Uh, they're working as an ecosystem to bring these new technologies to our customers. And, uh, and it's just gonna keep getting better and better. This is exciting stuff. I can't wait to see what comes out of this lab. Well, I join you in being excited about this. It's a great time to be in Silicon Valley and, and I'm really excited about the fact that we have a really great team here and it's only gonna get better. Ken, thanks for your time. Much appreciated. It's very much my pleasure. Right now I'm inside what Ford calls its immersion lab, where they're going to let me look inside of a car virtually in incredible 3D detail. And with me right now is Elizabeth Barron to explain a little bit about it. And what is this contraption I'm going to use? You can put on this headset and it will allow you to see in 3D and stereo a life-size Mustang in this room. And it allows you to get inside and evaluate design and within the context of engineering. Now, a lot of people are going to look at this and say, oh, he's using an Oculus Rift, but this is not that. No, no, it's not at all. It's an augmented reality device, and it has incredible detail, so it's very high resolution for the field of view that it has. Well, let me try this out. So I'm looking at a brand new Mustang, and now all of a sudden I switched from sitting inside of the Mustang looking outside, and if I look down at the dashboard and move back a little bit, wow, look at the detail on this. And so you also see you have a flashlight, so if I give that to you, Oh there my you go. gosh, so now, now I can see far more detail of anything that I want to go in on. 
Right. And isn't there another way of me being able to see the, the engineering detail of this? Yes, so we can give you a pointer and allow you to section through the vehicle and we can flip sides. There and now go. I'm looking at all the engineering detail, yes. all the design details. Exactly. So now you understand the engineering of the vehicle in the context of the design. And so you can roll that section back and forth and kind of understand the construction and how the vehicle's put together. This is incredible. And Elizabeth, I want to thank you for showing, showing this to me. And my understanding is anybody in the Ford Empire, whether they're in Europe or Australia or whatever, can tune in and do product development using this tool. That's as well. right. It's the ultimate communication tool. Fascinating. Thanks yeah. so much for Thank showing Thank you. Us. Don Butler is the Executive Director of Connected Vehicles and Services at the Ford Motor Company. And you've got a couple of interesting displays here that I want you to talk about, Don. But first, let's start it all off about talking the Internet of Things. Sure. I see that IoT acronym popping up everywhere. It's all about everything getting online, but how does the Ford Motor Company and automobiles tie into the Internet of Things? John, that's a great question, and, and when we talk about Internet of Things, we literally mean devices that are connected to the outside world and connected to their customers remotely, and so whether that's with a vehicle and my Ford Mobile, for instance, being able to interact with the car from a smartphone application and remotely starting, um, checking the, the uh, fuel level, for instance. And then the other thing that you get with connectivity and the Internet of Things is the ability to then use that connection for other devices. And for instance, with uh, being out here in Silicon Valley in our RIC Palo Alto lab, we're in the same neighborhood as Nest, for instance, and so we've got an experiment that we're doing with Nest that leverages their connectivity built into the home with the thermostat and enabling you to then interact with that inside the vehicle. And so, for instance, if the cabin temperature inside the vehicle is at 72 degrees as you're on the way home because our vehicle is connected and it's connected to the Nest thermostat, Nest senses and understands contextually, oh, that's your desired temperature, let me precondition your home just like your vehicle. And so for customers, the benefit of this is superior user experiences, just things that happen seamlessly in the background, almost by magic, for instance, but requires a lot of hard work, requires that you have the quote-unquote plumbing in place, that network of connectivity, requires that we work with partners. And that's one of the things that we're understanding about the smart mobility journey for Ford. In the past, we were able to have the single point solution for transportation, right? Um, Henry Ford, open highways for all mankind. And now as we go forward, we know there's gonna be a variety of solutions. And so we're trying to partner, we're trying to experiment, we're trying to understand what's our role and what, what can we play in terms of delivering solutions, in terms of enhancing our customers' experiences? And you know what we're doing with Nest is just one example of that type of One example, because presumably yeah. I could have my coffee maker connected, right? <laughs> or I could have my car checking out my calendar on my phone or laptop or what have you and start planning things accordingly. Right, right. And one of the aspects that will be absolutely necessary for that to happen is building on this foundation of trust. And so from a, from a Ford Motor Company perspective, we believe that consumers need to be able to trust us with their data because it is their data after all. But you can't deliver these seamless experiences if we don't have that ability to connect your home, for instance. And so anything that we do, we'd want to make sure that we ask the customer's permission and that we inform them how we're using the data and the purposes for which it will be used and they will be in complete control. because. 
Again, everyone wants to be comfortable that everything that's happening, I'm in control of. You have privacy issues, obviously you have cybersecurity issues as well. You're right, you're right. And one of the things that happens with the Internet of Things and this broadened connectivity envelope is, as we describe it, the threat surface expands. And so we need to look at what do we do to prevent hacking? What do we do to respond quickly in the event of a hack? Um, what do we do to make sure that the systems are robust, that we've got firewalls between critical vehicle controls, like powertrain controls, for instance, and infotainment controls so that, they, so that you can't have bleed across. And it's, uh, it's a never-ending battle, as it were, and we're always scanning the envelope, making sure that we get you know, the outside perspectives, doing our own threat testing, having others come and probe and test against us as well. And, that's one of the areas, again, in terms of this trust foundation that we need to build on with consumers is cybersecurity and be, being sure that we can be as advanced as we can and be as careful as we can in that space. Privacy issues, cybersecurity issues, the Internet of Things. This isn't the automotive industry I grew up with. Not, uh, it's not petrol and horsepower by itself. Certainly that's still going to be a dynamic piece of, of what this business is about, but as customers become increasingly connected, they're expecting their vehicles to become increasingly connected as well. We need to live and operate in that world, begin to live and operate in more of a software environment than a hardware environment, changing our thinking, working with different partners, but it's an exciting part of how the landscape's changing. Thanks, Don. Very interesting. Thanks, John. What is it with the Ford Motor Company and bicycles? We just showed you how they're capturing data on bikes to explain how cities are living and breathing. Earlier this year, Ford introduced two bikes in Europe, one called the Mode Pro, which folds up and can be used for commercial purposes, and they have the Mode Me, of another bike that folds up, and in fact, you can even stick it in the back of a Ford Focus and have it charged there. And right now we're going to show you the newest bike that Ford unveiled. In fact, it was the CEO of the company, Mark Fields, who did it and we're looking at the Mode Flex. And right here is Bruce Williams, the designer of this bike. And Bruce, looks to me like you really set out to design a bike that talked about looking to the future. Well, thank you. I think really it's a, it's a bike that's really designed for the bike enthusiast, but it also really is prefaced on connections and making that connection between bike and car, and in this case, the phone. The phone is talking with the car. The phone actually is talking to the bike. So you've got that nice triangulation effect. And really, as transportation evolves to the future, we've got to start looking for ways to give customers more options. What can we do to enhance and better their whole transportation experience? This would be an experiment that really fits that. And this is an electric assist bike. You've got a lithium-ion battery in here. That's right. It's an electric assist with a mid-drive motor that sits right here. And what you have here that's really special is it has the proportions of a normal bike, but it comes apart and can be stored in a vehicle in a very easy way. So in Europe in particular, where you may not be able to take an internal combustion engine vehicle, this would be ideal, right? You go right. find a place that parks just outside that restricted zone, pull out your electric bike, and you're good to go. Exactly, and, and it's also, and it rides great as a regular bike as well. And the other um, kind of nice, kind of happy offshoot of this is this front that comes off. You can put a different front or rear on the bike to totally transform it. You can, this can easily become a mountain bike. It could become a snow bike. It can become really anything you want. It gives the customer choice. Bruce, what I love about this too is you're a designer. In fact, you worked on the Ford F-150. Must have been a thrill to have them give you the challenge of doing a bicycle. It was, and it was, uh, 
probably one of the more challenging things I've ever tried to tackle. It seems on the surface to be a, an easy thing, but uh, couldn't be further from that. You talked about the triangulation. Explain that and how it fits into mobility services, which is so key of a story that we're getting out of this visit to the lab. That's right. It's, it's really that whole connected journey and how, how you can make travel seamless and easy and, and really enjoyable for the customer. You know, if it's, if it's something like you drive somewhere, you bring your bike along, because it's easy to bring along and it connects to the phone. So you've got, you can share data that way and then take your bike on a journey, bring it back into the car. It's a, it's a seamless venture and that's really something that's new. Real good. Bruce Williams, thanks so much and maybe you ought to give us a demo on how this thing actually runs. Sure. All kinds of car companies are working on fully autonomous cars, but we're not quite ready for that yet. And Dave McCready here is working on something that's very interesting that might bridge the gap. Take it from here. Sure. This is a project called Remote Repositioning. We're really excited about it. It's, we've been working on it since last year, and we started off with a hypothesis, which was that today's LTE network has the bandwidth and capability to support streaming live video from a vehicle to a remote location uh, in order to safely drive a low-speed vehicle. And one of the really interesting things about this is we see that there's many different potential applications for a technology like this, such as uh, helping to reposition car share vehicles uh, between users. Uh, another one that we envision would be a virtual valet where you could pull up to the front of a restaurant, uh, you and the person you're with get out, go in the front door, and your vehicle could then be driven by this virtual valet to an off-site location to park. So it really would improve uh, customer uh, convenience quite a bit. So this is what, somebody else looking at a screen that shows, or looking at what the camera show video-wise, and then they just drive the car. That's right, the, the car has got four video cameras on it and it's streamed live over an LTE network to a remote operator. Uh, who is sitting in front of three flat panel screens with a steering wheel and a brake pedal and an accelerator pedal. And we're trying to give that person an immersive experience just as if they were actually sitting in the driver's seat, but they're sitting at a different location. Very good, very interesting. You know, a number of other automakers have research labs in Silicon Valley, but what impresses me about what Ford is doing here is that it's really pushing the envelope when it comes to mobility services. I mean, you all saw it, even going into bicycles. I can't wait to see what comes out of this research lab and ends up in the showroom. Anyway, that wraps up today's show. Thanks for joining us on AutoLine This Week.
Underwriting for the production of Auto Line this week has been provided by. Auto Line is brought to you in part by the commercial vehicle brands of Tenneco, pioneering global ideas for cleaner air and quieter, smoother, and safer transportation. Warner, developing advanced technologies specifically aimed at reducing emissions, increasing fuel economy, and improving performance. Our award-winning innovations extend from turbocharging and cooling systems to friction materials and diesel cold start technology. Built on a century-long reputation of innovation and reliability, we have the track record that proves our technology can help meet the challenges of the commercial truck and off-highway industry. Deloitte's Automotive Group is at the forefront, driving transformation and tackling complex challenges. Whether you are interested in globalizing operations, optimizing supply chains, mitigating enterprise risk, or driving innovation, Deloitte can help develop solutions that create long-lasting value. To learn more about Deloitte's Automotive Group, visit us online at deloitte.com backslash US backslash automotive.